This is the Game Level Learn podcast. Join us as we discuss games, gaming, and gamification in the context of teaching and learning. We discuss games new and old and unpack how those games might be used out of the box as a tool for game-based learning, while also discussing how the mechanics of games can be repurposed for entirely different learning objectives. If you're a teacher or a student, parent, administrator, game designer, game publisher, writer, or just someone interested in cutting-edge education, Game Level Learn is for you. Welcome to Game Level Learn. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host Tracy Wozenegger. Tracy, how's it going? It's going great. We've made it to episode six of the second season of the Game Level Learn podcast, which means dance, we're dance. we're dance, boom, 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 boom. We're dancing, dance, dance, revolution. That's uh, for that's season four of. Uh, of Game Level Learn, how to use Dance Dance Revolution in all of your curriculum development Classes, needs. Right, everything. Right. But for now, you know, season two has been our, uh, uh, our kind of loving homage to to board games that we've played old and new that we that we love and that we think, hey, there's something here, a hook, a, a, a kind of a perspective, a mechanic, something that you as a gamifying teacher you should be paying attention to it. Right, okay. that you could use in your class fairly easily. Fairly easily, right. Right. And, um, you know, we've talked, frankly, a lot about games that have an older provenance, but this one that we're going to talk about today, Spyfall. Let the spy fall when it crumbles. <laughs> we will stand tall. Face it together. Right. Um, okay. Spyfall is uh, Tracy. I think you'd probably join me in categorizing it as a social deduction game. I would. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but of a kind. Of a okay? kind. And yes. so you know, inevitably, you know, uh, when we get into the discussion section after you unpack the the gameplay, you right. know, we're going to bring in a variety of other sort of social deduction games. Inevitably, um, right. and um, and so in, in some respects, folks, this is this is sort of a social deduction episode. But Spyfall offers some unique angles on that mechanic that uh, I'm sure Tracy's going to take us through. So, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, as everyone knows, you know, we don't play games to win. We play them to play because God bless that we were playing them to win. That would be. Uh, we would be sad all the time. Right. It would be a very thin <laughs> soup, as it were, yeah. you know. Um, but the great thing about Spyfall is that. Win or lose, uh, you know, it doesn't take very long, and it's got some it's wackadoodle fun time. So, right. Tracy, why don't you take us through the mechanics, gameplay, and the kind of the gestalt of Spyfall? Great. So, as John mentioned, Spyfall, we would classify as a social deduction game. Um, some um, popular social deduction games that you may have heard of um, would be Resistance, um, Secret Hitler is getting a fair amount of press right now. That game um, is so fun. It's it's really fun. The resistance is really fun. Um, but they, in both of those games, you are sort of pitted against other players. Um, and you're often accusing other players of things um, to, to try to get um, to your own end. Spyfall is a little bit different. I think it's a bit of a more accessible social deduction game. It's more lighthearted. 
everyone who plays it has fun. You you may have heard people talk about the resistance and Secret Hitler and um, you know losing friendships over these games and things like that. Um, that's not going to happen in Spyfall. No, so in no, no. Spyfall, um, you play with a, a a pretty big group of people. I would say you want to play with. Uh, six or more people. You could probably get away with five. Yeah, I'm um, with you. But it's with more more players, it's going to be more fun. Totally. And um, so let's pretend you're playing with six people. So five of you are um, agents and one of you is a spy. And you have a, um, a fold-out that has some 30 locations on it. So locations that everyone would know something about. The zoo a space shuttle, a police station. So these are sort of all common places, a cruise ship. And each of the five agents knows which location you're at, but the spy does not. So the spy's job during the game is to figure out what location the agents are at. And the agent's job during the game is to figure out who the spy is. And gameplay is very simple. Um, when it is your turn, so if I'm going first, I choose another player and I ask that player a question that relates to the location. That player must answer it to the best of their ability. Um, and then that player gets to choose another player to ask a question. And some people will just play until everyone's been asked two questions. Um, the official rules set a time limit on it. Um, but as you can imagine, you can get some pretty hysterical questions and answers. Um, the spy obviously doesn't know what they're talking about. They're trying to figure stuff out. Um, but even people who do know what they're talking about can say pretty hysterical things. Right. I was watching some friends play and their location was the zoo. And one person asked another person um, something about um, what people were wearing there or what, what, was, what, what kind of clothing people were wearing. And the answer was nothing um, because he, he was talking about the animals at the zoo being <laughs> naked, which made perfect sense to everyone who knew they were at the zoo. Right, right. But for the spy, it was just mind-boggling. Right, right. Uh, so the, the the trick in Spyfall really is asking the right question, but also giving the right answer. So being specific enough that the other agents know you're an agent. Right. Without giving away where your location is. Right. Yeah, it's uh, that it's threading that needle that makes the whole thing, right? Right. Okay. And um I think really skillful spyfall players their skill is in threading that needle. Yes. And yes. the people that have a little bit more trouble with it can't do that. That's right. That's right. Um yeah, they're they're not deceptive enough or they're not they're not able to get when they're the spy and they don't know the questions they ask are sort of ridiculous rather right. than being sort of vaguely Vague. general. Maybe, right. you know, maybe this person, know, you know, um, we know plenty of people who even when they are even when they know the location, 
say the most ridiculous things. Right. 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 And it's like, why would you even say that? You made me yeah. think you were the spy. You remember that we win or lose together. Right. Right. The spy wins or loses alone. Right. Right. Um, so I think for me, the magic of Spyfall, um, it is a social deduction deduction game. I like social deduction games. I like that, you know, figuring out, well, if John's telling me the truth, then this must also be true. And this must be, oh, but that's not true. So maybe John's not telling me that I like this, uh-huh. you know, I like, I don't like lying to my friends. It actually makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> when I am the spy, I get very nervous and weird. Um, but I like this idea of trying to figure stuff out as a group and, um, and using those deductive skills. But the beauty in Spyfall, I think, comes in this subtlety of communication. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a social deduction but it's a communication game. It's how do we, mm-hmm. how do we communicate with each other and how do we give little hints to each other in the language that we choose, um, you know, for people that are in the know. Right. And I think, you know, I'm not an English teacher. I'm a science teacher and we don't like subtlety in our language and science. Right. Um, but I would imagine that something like this would be useful for an English teacher, anyone who's doing writing with students or anything like that, um, to think, to have them think about their word choice, you know, what words that mean multiple things or words that could, that could mean something else in a different situation. Right. Um, I think you could do a lot just out of the box with spy for that. Yeah. Imagine a class in sort of more technical, the more technical, um, the more technical side of writing, okay, where what you're trying to get the student to master is the kind of thinking and writing and speaking that you're talking about that you want to develop in science, right? Right. So here's the framework, right? What kind of very specific question might you ask that would still not give away? Right. Right. So in that case, the people playing the game, the students playing the game are playing it. The teacher evaluating it is evaluating the quality of the concrete language. Right. Right. Or is evaluating the quality of alignment with the location or something to that effect. Right. Right. Because the people who really crush this game, they know exactly how much to say. Right. Okay. So what to me that means is they have figured out a way to communicate all of the information that's necessary without anything extraneous. Right. And without leaving things out that you need. Right. Right. And so even though it's sort of, it's a little abstract, right? Because I don't know that everyone else is on crusade Right. right. Or, 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 or is or is on uh, on a moon base or wherever the hell you are. Right. right. But the all the players who do know. Should be able to structure their questions to each other so that. A, a an assessor. Right. 
looking at communication could say, I understand what you're doing. I understand where you are. I understand how you're trying to man- to manipulate a way of thinking. You know, I kind of get it. Right? right. That should be discernible. Right. I also am thinking about um, how easy it would be to reskin it. Yeah. So instead of locations, um, you know, I'm a science teacher, elements on the periodic table. Right. Classic. Right. You're asking questions about how the element interacts with other elements, how, you know, properties <laughs> of the element, something like that. I think you could reskin it with historical figures. Easily. You know, I mean, there's lots of easy reskins you could do. Right. Just to basically, I think this is sort of game based learning, but taking the game as it is and reskin it with um, different categories. Totally, because you're to not you're not expanding on it in any level. way. You're really just using, right. you know, just using the. You know, you could imagine, uh, uh, you know, trying to get students to really internalize characters in a book. Or, right. or, you know, um, uh, contemporary decisions by a president or, right. you know, uh, if I don't know why you would want to ask this these days, but, you know, um, countries in South America, you know, something yeah. like that. Right. There's all sorts of ways to do that so that, you know, the, the, the student who's clever is going to realize that uh you know, Uruguay used to be a province of Brazil or something, right? Yeah. That the student who's really well prepared should win that game more frequently. Correct. Right. Just by virtue of knowing more, right? Right. Yeah. Um, When you open it up to more general um, game-based learning approaches to, uh, to, to, Social deduction games. Are there other games that you think maybe play this one right out of the box? For gamification or game-based learning? still in game-based learning. Now, just thinking about other kinds of social deduction. I mean, so I'm not a history teacher. Right. Uh, You would have to tell me if this is correct. But I would think Secret Hitler would have some application because to win in Secret Hitler... As either so to win as a liberal, I think sometimes you have to pass fascist policies. Sometimes you have no choice, and sometimes it's in your interest. And, and sometimes it's in your best interest. And sometimes when you're a fascist, you have no choice, but more often it's in your best interest to pass a liberal policy. To throw people off the scent. Right. So I think I think they're probably is something useful there in a history class um, about very general politics and um, and things like that and you you could play it a couple of times with a couple of different groups of kids in one class say yeah and you'd be able to use that as a springboard to discuss the mechanisms by which liberal government fails. Right. Okay. Um, Right. And because it is a super ultra abstracted version of that question, right? Um, That 
that collaborationist liberals, small l, you know, in other words, people who are not monarchists or who are not totalitarians or whatever, small l, right? Um, Small l liberals who want to give everyone's free speech in equal equal measure, even though if you give free speech to – if you tolerate the free speech of somebody who's – objective is to destroy the system from inside you need to you need to be mindful that you've set up a dissonance right that your society may not be able to cope with right right you know in 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 this case liberal acquiescence to even the tiniest bit of fascism in the game right will move will move the quote-unquote society of that game very far along the road to a place where the liberals can't recover it. Right, yeah. right. And, and they're doing it for their own benefit in the game. You know, they're doing it to, to ferret out fascism. Yeah. But. Yeah. So it's a very interesting yeah. balance, you know. The, it's the, a very, it's, it's a hard game to play. Totally. I, I find it to be a hard game to play. Yeah. 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 I, I, I played it over the summer with. Uh, Ken Agris, who you know, yes, right, and his family, and we uh, we probably played it ten times. And yeah. I was a liberal, I was a fascist, and I was Hitler. And it didn't matter what what role I played; I thought it was hard, right, right. And you know, probably one, maybe half the time or a third of the time. I don't really know. Yeah, um, it was hard as a liberal. It felt hard as a fascist. It felt really hard as Hitler. Yeah. Right. Because you've got to. Yeah. There's something magic to me, I think, about social deduction games because my brain works so hard. (laughs) Right. You know, like neither of us are stupid, uneducated people. Right. Right. And I my brain kicks into super mega overdrive. Right. When I play a social deduction game. Right. Ultra Um, overdrive. Right. So I think just the experience of playing a game like that is beneficial for brains. It is. And, and, you know, to, to their, to these games as credit, they're usually quite short. Correct. You, You know, I mean, secret Hitler might be about the longest. And I think a game of that takes 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Maybe longer if people are playing. Very slowly and kind of analysis paralysis. Yeah. 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 Um, But, I mean, you know, like you said about Spyfall, you play that by the rules. It's an eight minute game. Right. And it is so helpful from that metacognitive perspective. How do I think? Why do I think the way that I do? Right. Extraordinary. Outside of the class and in the more um, kind of social, emotional or metacognitive areas of learning, which, you know, we don't really focus on as much as we should in schools. Right. Right. We should really focus on thinking and abstraction as a concept, not abstraction in science, not not concrete language in English. But how do I think? Right. And I. I'm most aware of that when I play social deduction games. Right. Because they're so thinky, 
Right. I hate to put it that way. And messy. Yeah, they're messy. Yeah. And it is very easy to think your way into the right path, but it's just as easy to think yourself into the wrong place. And once you've convinced yourself, I saw a pattern, that pattern wasn't there, but you saw it. Right. Now I've been playing this game for 30 minutes and based I was, on the assumption that Tracy's a liberal 100%. Mm-hmm. I've spent the whole game ensuring I could not win. Right. Right. Because I was absolutely convinced. And that that was my experience in, in at least uh, two or three of the secret Hitler games. Right. I saw something. I interpreted right. it as a thing. I acted on that. The people who knew they had hoodwinked me, right, knew they had done so. And so it was like, deet, 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 marionette. Right. Right? It was was total rope-a-dope. I mean, they were playing me like a fiddle. Yeah. Right? And when they opened their little envelope, I was like, ugh. Brutal. I was, that's like, ugh. You have, ugh. It's not like it, it's not like in Galactica where you just became a Cylon three minutes ago. You were a fascist the whole game. You have been playing me the whole game. Yeah. Oh, I don't like you anymore. But then you're still friends later. But then you're still friends, yeah. Yeah. Because you know you're gonna play it again immediately, and then you're gonna be Hitler, and you're gonna right you know, whatever. Yeah. And again, uh, Spyfall is not a friend losing game. Correct. Which is, I think, one of the reasons we picked it. Yeah. Um, above some of the others, that Spyfall is social deduction without wanting to flip a table. Spyfall is social deduction. <laughs> you could take all the way down into an elementary school. Yes. Right. Every other social deduction game is late, middle, or high school. Right. Right. And I mean, Secret Hitler by virtue of its content theme. and theme. Yeah. Um, but all the rest, um, I mean, Tracy, again, to your point. The cognitive load that these games put on you. I mean, we're adults. Right. And, and after four games of, of, of like Resistance or Avalon or, yeah. you know, I'm like, I am. I'm done. Done. Yeah. Right. I mean, I need to go. I need to go have some lunch. <laughs> I need a 20 minute walk. I need some smelling Netflix. salts. Right. Yeah. I need I need something. <laughs> Jeez. You know, and we, you know, we've got friends who just could play these games all day long. I'm like, whatever brain you have, that's not the one I have. (laughs) I cannot do that. You know. Um, So, do you see any gamification possibilities with Spyfall? I wonder if we've sort of hit on it. Right. So, so think about the, the. The sort of the framework, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got cards that you arrange in kind of a, you know, in, in, in a way that sort of tells a story, right? We're all at the zoo, right? Right. Okay. And if you wanted to play it, there's like an optional rule where each card that tells you where you are also has a role. Right. Right. So, you know, if you're at the... Uh, uh, you know, if you're at, on a cruise ship, someone's going to be the uh, lifeguard and someone's going to be the captain and, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. So 
I think maybe in terms of the gamification, you have students perhaps design their own games for their for whatever learning purpose you're trying to accomplish. And we sort of right. talked about this. This is the, you know, uh, it's the Abraham Lincoln. It's the, uh, right. you know, it's the, uh, you know, what is Boron actually? You know, uh, this kind. You have students sort of design their own uh, you know, d- design their own card sets or design their own, uh, you know, games about it to get them to think critically about what's important, right? Right. You know, you have to design a set of eight Spyfall card locations, okay? And maybe tell me what you think the most important thing is, okay? Or the most right. important eight things. Maybe you do this as, uh, you know, as a piece of formative assessment, right? Okay. You know, what yep. do you think you know? About blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Well, design this deck of cards for for which we can play this game that you think would tell me or show me what you what you already know, what you think is important. Right. And then at the end, you'd have students reflect on what you know, what would you keep? What would you replace? Right. Something like that. You know, uh, uh, you know, and maybe, you know, that's going to be more. Um, more doable with maybe a history topic or like a bio topic maybe than say a math topic. Right. Right. But still, it, it might be something that you could, that you could put to, to decent use, I think. I also, I like um, your idea of a formative assessment. And when I think about Spyfall, I think of how important questions are. Yes. And the questions that we ask and what the purpose of asking the question is. Yes. Um, and I, I was thinking about, have, you know, as a nice formative assessment or exit tickets. Yes. Um, you know, often I think we're doing them for the right reasons because we want to know if everyone's where they're supposed to be. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm sort of phoning it in, you know, solve this problem like the problem we just solved. Yeah, right. And, you know, I wonder if we couldn't take some of the ideas of Spyfall and ask kids questions or have kids ask us questions or ask, you know, in a history class, um, you know, what questions might Abraham Lincoln asked after this or what questions might he ask to have figured this out? Right, right, right. What, What questions would you ask of Mendeleev? when he was designing the periodic table. Right. You and know, he, that's a much more thoughtful exit ticket formative assessment for a kid, I think. I would than, agree. You know, how is the periodic table arranged? Oh, by atomic number. Yeah. Right? Because right. you're, you know, that's good. That's the fact level, right? The questioning, them questioning is much, you know, it's much more metacognitive. Right. Right, yeah. because because what what you what you actually want is for them to demonstrate that they know it's arranged by atomic number by doing some cognitively more uh, more demanding task, right. which requires that they know right. that it's that you know uh, it's arranged by atomic number or 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 whatever, right? Right. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think that those things might might be quite interesting, particularly if what you care about is 
Have I imparted an ability to think about this topic differently? You know, are we seeing the emergence of different modes of thinking? Or are we just seeing rote memorization? Right. Parroting? Yeah. Right. Right. Because uh, in, in 2017... If, if what your goal is, is rote parroting, the, the topic in question better be really only teachable in that way. Right. Right. Or it better be essential to performing the authentic tasks of that discipline to simply know. Know it. Right. right. And there are things like that. Yeah, right? sure. But but that's not what, you know, this is not the... That's not what the know, bulk of learning is anymore. Right. This is not Wrote, Parrot, and Repeat, your podcast about 18th century learning. Right. Right. That's not what, that's not what, we're, what we're into, right? Right? New, new podcast idea. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Right. That's the, that, that's the sort of the, uh, the April Fool's version of uh, yeah. Game Level Learn. <laughs> Welcome to Rote, Parent, and Repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, uh, li- listeners, if you uh, presumably if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably played one of these games. You've played Werewolf. You've played uh, Coup. You've played Avalon. You've played Resistance. You know, you've played Secret Hitler, one of them. Um, you, you, you know what we're talking about, that these games are di- dynamite to play and that they, they really do offer a lot from that metacognitive perspective. I, I hope that that listeners will will uh, will drop some thoughts onto the Facebook group uh, about ways that they might the ways that they might use these kind of games, or indeed say, "Nah, we think you're crazy. We would never do that." Right, or maybe they've already done things. Exactly. Yeah, we want to hear about that. Yeah, we do. Uh, Tracy, anything else to add on Spyfall or social deduction? Um, I will say that I play werewolf a lot with my advisory. Mm-hmm. Um, not not my new. I've got new freshmen this year. Oh. They're delightful. Lovely. Um, so we haven't done it yet, but that's a great um, time filler. You know, like if you have like sometimes on our service learning day, we end up with like forty five minutes of extra time, or you know, our bus gets us back early. Right. Um, and we we were pretty fond of playing werewolf uh, when we had those little moments. The kids really like it and once i run it you don't need cards or anything to play it that's right um so once i ran it a couple times then the kids like to run it um and they take um a special joy in killing their teacher um (laughs) their advisor uh you know it takes a while but then one brave kid will uh knock me off in the first round and um, that's especially delightful to them. Yes. Um, but they they really like it. They want to keep playing. They like to take turns running the game. And I'm not um, sure what that means, except that they like to be bossy. Yeah. Um, but I think it means something because not every kid volunteers, but most of them volunteer to run the game at least once. Yeah. Um, so that's ticking some box for them, too. Well, these um, are when your... they can be sort of the the commander of the game or the game master, right? These are your your advisees. Well, yes. Yeah, so they want to learn to be like you. I don't know about that. Which means that they want to really work on <laughs> work on being bossy, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. 
no one's perfect, but we can all try. Well, speak for yourself. I think you're perfect, <laughs> Tracy. Um, yeah, uh, how many but kids? I are, say, how many how, what? How many kids are in your advisory this year or this um, new group? This year, I have nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's uh, a pretty good. That happens to be a really good size for werewolves. Um, if you wanted to play Spyfall with them, yes, uh, Spyfall Two has a has the ability to add like up to ten or eleven players. Okay. Okay. So, and I think they have two spies if you go above eight or nine. Excellent. Okay, so it's a little more <laughs> but, right, right. But you know, if you want a slightly larger group, you can manage it. Uh, you know, right. in that game. Yeah, I just we use we talk about using things in classrooms, and I just it was because Spyfall is so like I've had so much fun playing it. Yes, it almost always ends in laughing and right. hilarity. Right. Um, the, some of these games are great just as team builders, right? Exactly. Just to get your know your kids, just to have them do something kind of fun and silly. Yep. Uh, you know, in a non-classroom setting. Right, and you know we know. You know, from from our, our early days of doing this work together, that games are a great way to build not just teamwork, but also knowledge and kind of sophisticated ways of thinking. Right. That are not afforded by other by other things that you might do or by other learning tasks. Right. Right. And you know, there's a there's a virtue in the way that games work. You want to win. But if it's only an eight-minute game, if you lose and you had fun getting there, right? Right. Then, you know, games have a structure that makes you become emotionally invested in what the game is trying to do. And even if you lose, if you were emotionally invested and you can find some connections to your fellow players. Right. Good enough, right? Yep, yep. And, and you know, and we know because we talked about it in, in, in this episode a half a dozen times. Show me something you can do in class or in an advisory or in a school setting in eight minutes that will have the same kind of metacognitive benefit as playing right. a game like Spyfall or playing right. a, playing a couple of hands of uh, code names, right? You know, or something else that you can do in a, in very very short short amounts of time, short amounts yeah. of time, right? Um, you know they're 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 brilliant. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, folks, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at gamelevellearn.com, As always, our Facebook group uh, has got more than a thousand members, and uh, what? you know we what indeed, and uh, you know we folks uh, folks post and we post on our our site as well. You know you can get in touch with me at John Cassie at Gmail. And uh, Tracy is available at tlwazenegger at gmail.com. They will be in the show notes. What? I threw and, up the deuces. Yeah, Tra- Tracy, Tracy threw me a gang sign, which, you know, because it, we're so. It's a peace sign. Peace sign. Peace out, Holmes. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, where uh, we're going to talk about uh, some kind of game, I think. Right, Trace? I think so. Maybe we're going to talk about games. Maybe maybe it's going to be a gateway game that leads us into season three. It could be. Spoiler alert. Be. Right. Spoiler <laughs> alert because we're coming close to the end of season two. As hard as it is to believe. All right, Tracy. See you in a few.
Bye. Bye. There's nothing I like more than agreeing with someone when I know what they think is what I think. Yeah. <laughs>